Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Is anyone excited about what God's going to do here over the next year? Yeah, I, I am too. You know, just a little spoiler for uh, next weekend, just, uh, just the word that God's really put on our heart for 2020 as a church across all of our campuses is just the word presence. I, I really believe God is uh, calling us as a church just to uh, a deeper hunger for his presence a church that would practice the presence of God in private and we would actually see uh, public reward. We would see just God pouring out his power uh, in in public places, that we would be a church that's not uh, transformed by the culture that we live in, but we would be a church that's just so full of the presence of God that we would be uh, transforming the culture uh, that we are a part of. I believe that's what Jesus was on about when and he says, you're to be salt and light uh, in this world. You're actually to bring the God flavors and the God colors uh, into our culture. And that we would be a church that every time we gather together, we just welcome the presence of God in this place. Because we just love being in his presence. Uh, I've got a few uh, just exciting things that believe God is calling us to. Some new uh, ministries that we're going to be starting across our campuses that I believe are going to help that happen. So make sure uh, you get along uh, next Friday night and, uh, and Sunday uh, to Mackenzie and then Sunday uh, here in Redlands and just hear all that uh, God's got for us. But God's here right now. Do you believe that? He's promised in his word that, that when we gather together, he will be present with us. He wants to reveal something of himself to us this morning. Do you believe that? Anyone here just say, I want a fresh revelation of Jesus this morning. I'm glad three of you do. That's, that's awesome. Let's, I'm going to pray for the rest of you right now that, uh, that we might just get uh, that hunger in our hearts this morning. God, thank you. I uh, thank you that you would choose to reveal yourself to us, that, that, that Emmanuel, you would come and be with us, that you would come, you'd move into our neighbourhood, Jesus, and you'd show us exactly what you like. God, that is such a gift of grace, that you would walk into this sin-ravaged world to sinful people like us, and, and in grace, show us who you really are. And in the greatest act of love this world has ever seen, you'd make a way for us to actually be in your presence for all eternity. God, we're so grateful. And God, as we open your word this morning, I pray that you would give us a fresh revelation of your love, of your grace, of your power. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have, just in the last couple of weeks, we've begun a new year. Uh, a new decade. There'll be a whole bunch of us here this morning that have made New Year's resolutions. I reckon there's a whole bunch of us too who don't want to admit to what they are. But uh, we, we all, you know, somewhere, whether we verbalise it or whether it's somewhere in the back of our mind, we say, and this is something that I'm, I'm resolving to see would be new in, uh, in 2020. It's something you want to change in your life. Maybe you want to be skinnier or stronger. That's 
seems to be part of my New Year's resolution every year since I turned 35. I, I want to be skinnier and stronger. I'm not achieving it all that well. Maybe you want to exercise more and uh, watch less TV. Or maybe you want to work less and, and play more. Maybe uh, 2020, it's the year to give up smoking or to give up snacking, or maybe for some of you younger crowd to give up Snapchatting, or maybe for one of you, two of you here, this is the year to give up shoplifting. I, I'm not sure any, anyone decide that's their year. Or maybe there's something you actually want to start doing. You know, you want to learn to sing, or you want to learn to sail, or you want to learn to sew, you want to learn to surf, you want to learn to skydive, or if you're a little bit beyond Snapchatting and skydiving, skydiving, maybe 2020 is the year that you want to learn to play shuffleboard. That is your New Year's resolution. Don't put up your hand if that is you. But whatever it is, you know, a, a resolution, a, a, it's something that you didn't manage to achieve in 2019. But you'll believe 2020 is the year. 2020 is the year for this change to happen. Now, you don't need me to stand up here and remind you because you've already reminded yourself, you know, 26 days into the new year. Maybe you've had lots of other people remind you that most New Year's resolutions fail because change is actually really hard. We all know this. Significant change in our lives is really hard. You know, habits are hard to break. Hurts are hard to heal. History is hard to erase. And so even though the thing that you've resolved to do in 2020, I'm sure it's a good thing to do. For many of you, you might not see it happen. Because change is really, really hard. You know, God doesn't say anything in his word about New Year's resolutions. But he actually says a lot about making us new. He says a lot about doing a new thing in our lives. You see, God is the same yesterday, today and forever, but he's a God of new beginnings. You know, his love will re never run out. We've sung about it uh, this morning already. He'll be faithful to the very end. His nature will never, ever change. But he's always got something new he wants to do in your life. See, whether you're here this morning and you've been following Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, or whether you're here and you haven't kind of worked out who Jesus is yet, you haven't yet become uh, a follower of Jesus... There's something new that he wants to do in your life this year to make you more like Jesus. There always is. Until we get to glory, until we get to, to heaven, there's always going to be something new that God wants to do in your life to make you more like Jesus. And throughout Scripture, you know, we see God's heart to, to make us new. He, he comes to give us new birth. He says he, he comes to give us a new heart. He puts a new song in, in our mouth. And, and then right at the end of, of the Bible, we see this picture right throughout Scripture of this new creation that, that God is making. As we wrecked it with sin, he's constantly recreating. He, he's bringing it back to God's perfect picture uh, for creation. Right at the very end of the Bible, one of the last promises that he makes as Jesus is is upon his throne and he has all authority 
in, on the earth and in heaven. He says, behold, I am making all things new. You see, God has something new that he wants to do in your life in 2020 to make you more like Jesus. I've got no idea in 2020 whether you're going to get skinnier or stronger. I, I got no idea whether you're going to stop Snapchatting or shoplifting. But what I do know is that God will do something new in your life to make you more like Jesus if you let him. He does have power to change. Change is hard. But the one who sits upon the throne actually has power to bring change in our lives. And it might not be a new resolution that will bring you new life in 2020, but it might be a new revelation of who Jesus is. You see, a new revelation of Jesus will actually lead to a new life of serving Jesus. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. So if you've got a Bible there, open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It'll be on the screen, starting at verse 15. It says, He, as Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. See, those who've received his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So stop judging others. And at one time, we actually thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. But have a look at these next six words. But how differently we know him now. How differently we know him now. You see, Paul, who is writing this scripture, who has an incredible revelation of who Jesus is, once viewed Jesus from a human point of view. And he's saying, all of us did the same. Some saw him as a prophet, a teacher, a miracle worker. Paul is saying, others like me saw him as an insurgent, a troublemaker, a crucified criminal. We saw him from a human point of view. But he's saying how differently we know him now. We've had a new revelation of who Jesus is. We now know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, he was crucified on a cross to forgive all of our sins and he was raised from the dead on the third day and, and he's, he's alive and he's seated on the throne and all power and authority in heaven and on earth are his. That's what we know now. And Paul says... Once you have a revelation of who Jesus is, it changes the way you live. No longer do we live for ourselves, but we now live a life devoted to Jesus. We now live a life of serving Jesus. You know, I reckon in 2020 it may not be a new resolution we need to make, but it's a new revelation of who Jesus is. When I was 13 years old, I was sitting in the back row of a church a little bit like this in the western suburbs of Sydney, and I had a revelation from heaven. I was sitting out there, I was half asleep, my dad, dad had dragged me along to church to the night service, and on walked to stage an angel from heaven. She was wearing a blue girls' brigade uniform. She had big 80s kind of buffy hair, you know, with, with half a can of hairspray in it. As a 13-year-old boy, I just remember being awake in church for the first time in my entire life. 
and there was kind of, you know, a light strip. Before they even had lights in, uh, in, in, in worship uh, chapels, there was a light coming down from heaven. And there was a whole string of girls in blue girls' brigade uniforms, but this light was just shining on her. You know, there was, there was a halo just uh, around her head. I had a revelation from heaven. I'm sitting in the back row of church as a 13-year-old boy, and I said, I am going to marry that girl one day. And I did. And she's not here this morning, so I can say whatever I jolly well like. (laughs) But you know, that revelation from heaven, it changed the way that I lived. I actually started to shower more than once a week as a teenage boy. You know, I I went home to my mum and I said, Mum, I've got to buy new clothes. I I started taking, you know, pride in in my appearance and I'd put clothes on. I'd walk into my sister's bedroom. I'd say, well, how do I look? And they're going, who is this new brother that we have? You know, you have changed. You're You're a different person. I actually started to brush my hair. You know, I bought product for my hair. You know, I, I actually brushed my teeth more than once a week. You know, I, is it, don't go, oh, 13-year-old boys, that's a big deal. And it wasn't because my mum was nagging me. She'd been nagging me for years to do these things. I took absolutely no notice of her. But when I got a revelation from heaven, it changed the way that I lived. Now, half of the congregation here today, you know the power of that kind of revelation. I've seen a hot girl that you like and deciding that you want her. You know that power that it has over your life. But I want to say today, the power of a revelation of Jesus Christ for every man, woman and child is the most powerful revelation that you can have. When you fully understand you know, who Jesus is and his power and his grace, it changes the way that you live. It's in a revelation that there's actually power for change. You see, when I was 19 years old, I really did have a revelation from heaven. I was 19 years old, I had kind of had one foot in the church and I had one foot in the world, and I knew I was doing a whole bunch of things that God wasn't particularly happy with, so I kind of kept one foot in the church, and I tried to do a whole bunch of good things to, to, to make up for the bad things that I was doing over here, and I was an absolute mess as a 19-year-old, and I just wasn't happy. And I remember as a 19-year-old, I just had a revelation of the grace of Jesus Christ, that was absolutely nothing that I could do that was ever going to stop him from loving me. It didn't matter how many bad things I'd done in the past, it wasn't going to stop him from loving me and going to the cross for me. And it actually didn't matter how many good things I I did into the future. It wasn't going to make him any more than he already loved me. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. His love for me will never change. It will never run out. It absolutely wrecked me as a 19-year-old. And from that point on, no one has ever had to tell me to keep telling people about Jesus because I haven't been able to shut up about him for the last 30 years. It changed me. You see, a revelation of who Jesus is It'll change the way that you live. It'll change the way that you serve. 
And I'm trusting that God's got more revelation for me this year. You know, Paul, who's writing this scripture for us, he had an incredibly powerful revelation of Jesus. I mean, Paul is living an egocentric life. I mean, he saw Jesus from a human point of view, as the scriptures say. He saw, you know, Jesus as a troublemaker, an insurgent, a crucified criminal. And he's doing everything he can to wipe out the rest of Jesus' followers. He is on his way to get rid of those that were called the way. They were the people who were still following Jesus, even though he, he died and risen to heaven. And Paul didn't believe that he'd risen to heaven, and he wanted to stop them from telling anybody else that he had. And, and so he is on the way to Damascus to put more in prison, to put more to death. And, and Paul's living an egocentric life. We see it in the scriptures all the time. He says, I'm top of the tree, baby. You know, I'm a Jew, I was one of the chosen people, I was educated more than anybody was in the law and I followed the law better than anybody else. I'm top of the tree in terms of righteousness and goodness. If anyone could be right with God, it was me. You know, Paul's the kind of guy, you know, he's walking to Damascus with a swagger. You know, he's got his head up, his shoulders back, you know, his chest out. I, I realised this morning on my way here, I got no idea how to swagger. I mean, Jace knows how to swagger. I'm the original white boy who can't dance. You know, I can't dance, I can't swagger. You know, Jace knows how to swagger. You know, Paul is like that. He's just brimming with confidence. He's walking on air. And then he gets a revelation of who Jesus is and Jesus knocks him on his backside. He's literally knocked to the floor. And he's got no idea who he's looking at. He's looking up and he's seeing this bright light. And he's got no idea who he's looking at. He just knows he's looking at someone that's more powerful than he's ever seen before. And he simply says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm Jesus, who you've been persecuting. And this revelation of who Jesus is completely changed Paul's life. Paul, who was living this egocentric life, he was measuring his own goodness, he was measuring, you know, how God could use him, you know, according to, you know, how good he was, how well he performed. He goes on to write, he says, all of that I now consider as rubbish, filthy rags, it means nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. He says, all I want to do now, now I've had this revelation from heaven, all I want to do is know Jesus more. I want to join with him in his suffering and I want to know the power of his resurrection in my life. It's all I want. It's all I care about. And this man who was on his way to kind of snuffing out the light of the gospel was called. that completely changed his life. He now became the man who was a light to the rest of the world for the gospel, a light to the Gentiles, completely transformed his life. This wasn't just as a second chance. This was a whole new chapter. You want to see change, like real transformation change? Have a look at Paul's story. It did not come from a new resolution, but a new revelation of who Jesus is. And he spent the rest of his life preaching the gospel and planting churches around the known world. And one day, that church that he planted in Europe made its way to Australia with the gospel. They made a whole bunch of mistakes. 
and we kind of remember some of those mistakes today. But because Paul planted a church in Europe, the gospel got to Australia and we came to know Jesus and it's changed our lives forever. You see, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ that's actually got power to change. We look throughout the Bible. We, we see people that got this new revelation. Abraham, you know, got a revelation of the God of generational blessing and it actually gave him the faith to leave everything that he knew behind. You know, Moses got, you know, a revelation of the God of compassion and of grace abounding in love and giving forgiveness to generations and it gave him faith to lead a disobedient people. You know, Isaiah, you know, got a, a revelation in, in the temple of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty and it gave him faith to speak to a people who didn't want to listen to God's word. You know, Daniel got a revelation, you know, of Jesus Christ who stood with him in the fire, who stood with him in the trials and temptations of life and saved him from the fire. And it gave him the faith to stand firm in a culture that was, was anything but God honoring. You know, Peter has a revelation of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, you are now Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. You know, Paul, who was a murderer and a terrorist, has a revelation of the risen Jesus and it gives him faith to be a light to the known world, to the nations who have never heard about Jesus. And the apostle John, you know, gets a revelation in the toughest time of Christian history known to man of Jesus Christ, the suffering servant who is now seated on a throne and he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he has all power and all authority in heaven and on earth and it gives him faith to stand firm till the end. I tell you, it's a revelation of Jesus that will change your life. Let me get practical. How are you going to get that revelation? How are you going to get that revelation so that you will actually be a light for the gospel wherever God's placed you? I'm going to make this really simple. And you kind of think you don't need the senior pastor to turn up to tell you this. You know, could have, could have sent the youth pastor to deliver this message. Let me make it really simple. How are you going to have that revelation of Jesus that will bring change in your life? Read your Bible. Pretty simple. Read your Bible. That's why we've kicked off this Bible reading plan again this year. Because God's Word is the revealed Word of God. It's how He reveals Himself to us. Read your Bible. Don't wait here for Jason to read it for you on a Sunday. Don't wait to get to your life group every second Tuesday and for someone else to read it for you. Read your Bible. 
It'll give you a revelation of who Jesus is. It'll transform your life. If you don't have an easy way of knowing how to read your Bible and listen to God, you know, in this Bible reading plan that you can get online or in paper version, you know, out on the welcome desk, there's just a, what's called a SOAP method of Bible reading that I've been doing for the last 15 years. And I would say it's the most powerful spiritual discipline I've had in my life to bring transformation in my life for 15 years. It's just every day. Soap just stands for, S is for scripture. I just read one chapter of scripture until I just see one verse that really speaks to me. I just believe God's saying something to me and I actually write it down in a journal. Can I just talk to all the blokes just for a minute? We're generally useless at journaling. I tell you, it's been such a good discipline for me. It's forced me to slow down. For someone who likes action and not contemplation, it's forced me to slow down just write out scripture, memorize scripture, just one verse at a time. S is just scripture, just write out that verse. O, observation. God, what are you doing there? What are you saying? What's happening in that verse? A, application. God, what do you want me to do? How do I put this into practice in my life? And P, prayer. Just write out a prayer. I, I, I do this on every day. I, I just limit myself because I know I'm not good at sitting still to just one A5 page in a journal and, and I just finish by writing out a prayer, God, I need your help to actually see that happen. Can I just say, it's that practice that has just brought me revelation after revelation after revelation, year after year after year of just discovering more of who Jesus is. I tell you what, another practical reason why I know this is powerful, I get the privilege of visiting our gateway beyond workers around the world who are shining a light for the gospel in some very dark places. Just in two weeks' time, I'll be in, uh, in Nairobi, in, in Kenya, and then going out to a, a Maasai village where one of our workers is working. And uh, whenever I visit them, I'm always asking them, how did you get here? What made you choose to come and do this? And there's a whole bunch of normal th of things that will normally add up to that happening. You know what one of them always is? I actually started reading my Bible. And God spoke to me. And I just couldn't shake it. Time after time, people in Asia, people in Africa... You know, people that have gone to the ends of the earth. People are working in all sorts of places, just giving the compassion of God to people. I actually started reading my Bible. I'm looking forward to hanging out with Ryan in a couple of weeks' time. Young bloke, grew up in Wellington Point here, grew up in a family not knowing Jesus, year after school, became a Christian, started reading his Bible. God just gave him a heart for the poor. He spent something like 12 of the last 15 years in ministry in, in somewhere in Kenya. He's now been promoted to leader of the whole math base for Kenya and one other country. I can't remember the other country. God's just done something incredible in him. Ordinary bloke. Read your Bible. It'll transform the way that you live and the way that you serve him. You'll find yourself being a light for the gospel like Paul was a light for the gospel and you just won't be able to help it. Read your Bible. Secondly, a new relationship with Christ makes you a new creation in Christ. Let me read the next verse. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
Let me read it in the NIV. Some of you will know that version better. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Isn't that a fantastic promise? Come on, who's memorized that scripture at some time in their life? Put your hand up if you've got that cross-stitched on your wall. There's always someone. Someone's got it cross-stitched on their wall for sure. Anybody? Anyone got a screensaver on their phone? You got it somewhere popping up on a computer? It's one of those verses. We kind of know this verse. If anyone is in, in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. It's a great promise. I also find some people get really depressed by this verse. Because they start to look at their lives and they go, I got all this old junk still hanging around. How does that happen? I I thought the old was gone. And what starts to happen is we start to question, or maybe Jesus, Christianity, the Bible doesn't really work. Maybe he's not that powerful after all. Or then maybe it goes a little bit further down the line. I think and we go, well, maybe Jesus just doesn't work for me because Jesus doesn't love me. I, I just want to give us three words that are in this scripture that I think are both an encouragement and a challenge for us. All right, the words are begun, belong, become. Say them with me. Begun, belong, become. All right, I want us to have a look at a few photos, just one photo up on the screen for me. All right, let's have a kids, great to have you in here this morning. I'll give you a chance to guess what you think that might be. Yep. Baby eagle. Baby eagle. Any other guesses? A witch? Some type of falcon, I think. Someone who knows more about birds than I do. Any, anybody else? I want to guess. Adults can guess too. A cuckoo. cuckoo? I've got no idea what that even is, but it sounds cuckoo. Anyone else? A penguin. Lunch. Albatross. All right, can we all agree, even though we can't quite tell what it is, can we all agree a new life has? There's a family to which it? It's called the Asipatridae family, and one day it will become a mighty eagle. One day, well done, five points, gold star, whoever that was down the front. One day it'll become a mighty eagle. It's a little bit hard to tell, but God had put everything within that new creation with a family around it to protect it and nurture it, to one day to become a bird that would soar higher and fly further than any other bird, a mighty eagle. Let me have a look at another one. Okay, kids, what do you think this might be? Just yell it out. Any guesses? Platypus? A bear? Kangaroo? A witch? A rat? A wombat, possum, all right, a little bit uncertain what it is actually going to become, but can we all agree a new life has? There's a family to which it, and this family will nurture it or protect it until one day it will become a beautiful panda bear. 
Do you know the panda bear is only about 2,000 left in the wild? They just live in these tiny little dots on, on the hills of, uh, of China, tiny little part of the world, but these bears are known all over the world because they're incredibly beautiful. Even though when they're born, it's a little bit new life has begun, belong to a family who will nurture it, care for it, feed it, protect it. One day it'll become a, a bear of such beauty that the whole world just holds its breath at its beauty. Kids, if you can guess what this next one is, I will buy you something at the coffee shop. Anyone, you've got you to guess by botanical name. Uh, anyone guess what they think it is? Yep. A plant. Yeah, I'll get you a hot chocolate. But um, can we all agree a new life has? There's a family to which it? One day it'll become a giant sequoia tree. It'll grow to over 85 metres tall. It could live to 3,000 years old. All, you get this, God had put all that was necessary for this tree to become that in that tiny little seedling. You know that panda, that sequoia, you know, that, uh, what was the other thing we looked at, that eagle? It didn't sit there going, I gotta, gotta, gotta become beautiful, I gotta become strong, I gotta become mighty. They couldn't do anything in their own strength to become what God intended them to become. God had put new life in them, nothing could change that, no one could take it away from them. There was a family he put around them who needed to nurture them, protect them, create the right environment for change and growth to happen so that one day they could become all that God intended them to be. Just one more photo to have a look at. Anyone have a guess? Who? Baby who? Baby Jason. You wouldn't have guessed that just by looking at it, except that I'm standing up here on the stage. A new life has begun. There's a family to which I belong. This is my crazy family up on the screen. Somehow they uh, nurtured me, protected me, encouraged me. I don't know how. They're a bunch of nut jobs. But uh, I needed that family. But I've also needed this other family. Next one. This is... uh, a day where a whole bunch of our campuses came together last year to celebrate our 90th birthday at Gateway. I've been part of this family for 16 years. This has been the environment that God placed me in, the family to which I belonged. And it's because of this family that I've actually become a little bit more like Jesus in the last 16 years, little bit by little bit every year. Can I encourage you? If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, a new life has. There's a family to which you. It's a big worldwide family of believers, but he's put you here. And he's put you here for a reason. And in this environment, if you'll put yourself, you'll plant yourself in this environment, At the end of this year and the end of next year and the end of the year after, you will become a little bit more like Christ. It's God that's planted the seed within you. He's put within you everything that you need in Christ to mature and become all that he's called you to be. But you've got to put yourself in the right environment, in a family that will nurture you, encourage you, feed you, help you to become the person he's always intended you to be. I've been saying this for 16 years too. Can I encourage you at the beginning of the year? 
commit to being here every Sunday. When you're in the state, just be here. Commit to being in one life group, just a place where you can gather around, people can encourage you and spur you on. And in 2020, just find one place to serve. I actually don't want anyone serving in six different places, you know, out every night of the week serving the church. I don't think that's good for your family. If we all just found one place to serve, this church will continue to grow and be strong and will transform and change your life and there will be lives transformed and changed in this community for generations to come. Put yourself in the right environment. New life has begun. There's a family to which you belong. You actually become this new creation. You grow into all that God's called you to be as you put yourself in the right environment year after year after year. Lastly, this old message of reconciliation through Christ is still the only thing that gives others new life in Christ. We can't keep it for ourselves. Let me just read these last few verses. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Can we just never get used to that as a church? He no longer counts people's sins against them. That's good news. Can someone say, Amen, yee-haw, praise the Lord, just something. Come on, just say something. He no longer counts people's sins against them. How good is that? That is good news. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Sounds like a crazy way to get the word out there, but that's how he's doing it. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right through Christ. God is making an appeal through us, and it's a really good appeal. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Oh, how good is that? Jesus Christ on a cross, he actually took your sin and my sin on himself so that we could be made right with God. It's good news. It's an old message. It's never changed. But it's the only thing, this old, old message is the only thing that can actually transform us from the inside out. It's the only thing that's got power to change us because it's the only way we can be reconciled to the God who created us in the first place and has got the power to recreate it when we mess it up with sin. It's a good, good message. He's making his appeal through us. Have we got any cricket tragics in the room? I tell you, through January, it's Christmas January, it's just the time our family play cricket. We don't play cricket any other time of the year these days. Our kids are all grown up, but there's enough nostalgia in our household. Christmas and today on Australia Day, we'll play cricket. We'll uh, actually, my daughter turns 21 today. The cricket pitch is mowed. We're, we're ready to play backyard cricket with all her friends in the backyard when, when, when I get home. Things get passionate when we play cricket in, in the backyard. Very, very passionate. Just tell me, what do you do when, when the batter's batting and you're bowling and uh, they make a mistake? The bowler makes an, an appeal. And there's all different types of appeals. I've got a couple uh, up on the screen. I, I call this one the pleader. 
It's a very passionate appeal in our backyards. <laughs> Praise. And then there's this next one. I, uh, I call, we call this one the star jumper. In our backyard, we choreograph it as a fielding team. It's Huzzah! Very passionate. Anyone else do that in their backyard? Come on, there's a few of you that do. One last one. I call this one the pants splitter. You must be wearing your stretch chinos for this one. It's Huzzah! All different types of appeals. But, thank you. We get very passionate about our sport in our backyard, and this nation gets very passionate about our sport. I actually wonder if it's just time for the church to get passionate about making an appeal. We all get to make different types of appeals. You don't have to be the same as anybody else. You might be the kind of person who just loves inviting people to church. That's the way you get your heart racing, you make an appeal. Do that in 2020. Just keep doing that. Maybe you're the kind of person who just loves unpacking the Bible with people. It gets your heart racing and you just love it. Do that as much as you can. Do it passionately in 2020. Maybe you're the kind of person who actually loves defending the gospel intellectually. You've read all the books. You love going toe-to-toe with people. You get your heart racing. Do that in 2020. Make a passionate appeal. Be many of you here in this room who think, I could not think of anything worse than doing that. But I love just putting my arm around people and praying for them when they're in need and just praying that they'd know the love and the grace and the mercy of God. There'll be others of you that just love having coffee with people and telling your own story of what Jesus has done in your life. Whatever it is, don't, don't think you've got to make an appeal like anybody else. Do your own. Your own appeal. It's an old message, but there's a whole bunch of different ways you can, you can make an appeal for God. That's what he says. He, he's making his appeal through us. There, there's no better news. Him who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. What better message? What better appeal is there in the universe than that? I tell you, 2020, make a passionate appeal. However God's called you to make that appear, we cannot keep this good news to ourselves. God chose us. He chose you to do it in the Redlands. Just like He chose Paul to do it throughout the Roman Empire. He's chosen you to do it in the Redlands. Make a passionate appeal. However it is that you do it. As we finish this morning, I'm just going to make an appeal and then I'm going to get a bunch of people down the front. I'm going to pray for you. Pray that you'd be a light in whatever new places you're walking into in 2020. But first, I'd just love to, to make an appeal for people to put their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. If you're here this morning and you do not know a relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus Christ, you're not sure whether your sins count against you this morning or not. And you just say this morning, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know his forgiveness. I want him who knew no sin to become sin for me so that I can be right with God. Maybe it's a decision you've never, ever made. Or maybe it's a decision you made a long time ago and you've walked a long way away. Whatever it is, as well, everyone's eyes are closed and heads bowed. If you'd like to pray a prayer with me this morning, just asking Jesus to forgive your sins, they'd no longer count against you. 
begin walking in a new relationship with him. Can I just get you, just so everyone's eyes are closed, just so I can see it, and it's just an act of faith before God, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to pray that prayer. Bless you. That's cool. Who else? I see that hand. Who else? Bless you. That's awesome. Bless you. Cool. Who else this morning? Just say, that's me. That's my prayer. Just one more chance if there's anybody else. Bless you. Awesome. Can I just ask you, just all of you together, those who've raised their hands and those who've, who've already prayed this prayer, can we just all pray it out loud together this morning after me? Thank you, God, that you always love me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I ask today that you would forgive my sin. I choose to walk in a new relationship and a new way with you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said? Hey, can we just put our hands together and just encourage those guys just praying that for the first time? One of our welcome team would just love to get some information into your hands a little bit later on, just uh, just help you get started in that uh, relationship with God. We'd love this to be your family that you belong to this year and just encourage you and nurture you on the journey. Let's all stand together this morning. In a moment, Jesse's just going to start singing a song that uh, I've loved singing over this last 12 months, just uh, Waymaker. You know, God is a God who makes a way in the darkness. He's a promise keeper. He's faithful to the end. He's a God of miracles. He can, uh, even when we don't feel or know what He's doing, over time we just see prayers get answered. We see miracles poured out. I just wonder as we sing this song, for some of you here this morning saying, I'm stepping into a new place. It might literally be a new place. It might be a new school, a new uni, a new group of friends, a new area of influence, a new workplace, a new neighbourhood. I don't know what it is. Or it might not be as literal as that. But you're just as you're stepping in to a, a new year, you're just saying, I want to be a light for the gospel. I, I, if Paul can do it, I can do it. And I, I just want God to, to today to, uh, to bless me to encourage me, to fill me with faith. I want that new revelation. So as I step into that new place, I know the love of God and the power of God just working through me to draw others to himself. I just want to pray for a bunch of people this morning. I want to get a bunch of your friends and family to gather around you just to begin to pray for you. If that's you this morning, just come. Just saying, I'm I'm stepping into a new place. This is a new year. And I'm stepping into a new place in 2020. I want God to be at work in me in a new way. Come on, just, just start to come to the front now, just before we even start to sing. Because I'm going to get some people to, uh, to just gather around you. I want to pray over you. We're going to sing this song as a declaration in just a minute. Come on, just keep, just keep coming. Don't, don't miss out. This is the place of blessing down here. 
This is, this is a, for me, this is, you know, the, the funnest times in my whole week. You know, I get to manage and lead a big church and God's doing great things. The funnest time of my week still, you know, 30 years later, is asking people to put their faith in Jesus Christ and praying for people down the front. This is the fun stuff. This is where God, you know, you just see God just starting to, you know, infiltrate into people's hearts. Okay, if you're down here for prayer this morning, just, just put your arms out like this, just ready to receive. Can I just get some people just to come and stand around? I'm going to pray for them all as a group, but just come on, maybe prayer team or just life group leaders, anyone who loves these guys and loves Jesus, just come and stand with them. What I'm going to ask you to do, just put a hand on a shoulder. Just begin to let the Word of God rise up in your own heart. It might be a scripture that He puts on your heart. It might be just something of the nature of God. It might be just joy or peace or courage begins to rise up in your heart. As I pray, just let that Word, let that, 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 that peace of God just rise up in your heart. And you get ready to pray for Him in just a minute. God, this morning, I just thank you for every person down here. I thank you for the new opportunities that you're giving them, the new places, the new workplaces, the new areas of influence, the new neighbourhoods, the new relationships. God, we just thank you that in the new there is opportunity. I thank you for the opportunities. It's a faith in their hearts this morning saying, I want to take this opportunity. I want to be a light in this new place. I want to be a light in this neighbourhood. I, I want to help point people to Jesus. I want to help others receive, you know, the, the good news. I want others to know that their sins don't have to count against them. God, this morning, this morning, would you pour out your Holy Spirit? God, I pray for power to just fall upon God. They'd be right now where they've walked in, just wondering if you're in this, wondering if this is just their own imagination. God, right now, I just pray for a conviction of your Holy Spirit and a confirmation from your Holy Spirit that you'll place them there on purpose in this season for a reason. God, fill them afresh with your Spirit. Pray in Jesus' name. Come on, just begin to pray with whoever you're standing with. It might be a simple prayer. It might just be a scripture you need to leave with them. Prayer of blessing. Prayer of encouragement. Come on, just pour it out on them. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.